Welcome back to Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. This is Larry Leninschmidt, and I'm here with my friends and guests, Dan Hines and Walter Bradley. We've been talking a little bit about science, about faith, about truth, uh, subjects that we deal with. You know, science is a, is a big part of our culture. It's, it's amazing the many ways in which it's, it's impacted us. I mean, if you're spending time at your computer, if you're watching the weather forecast, much less, you know, an, an implied value system. So, you know, as we're thinking about truth, Dan, tell, you've, you've reflected on truth. It's a, it's, it's, there's some unique things that Christians think about truth, aren't there? Right. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in the program, I uh, pushed myself into a depression in my early 30s for a short period of time, uh, partly because I was trying to gain all truth myself. And I came out of that uh, by God's grace and uh, and His Holy Spirit uh, working in me to remind me a bit more of who I was. And uh, over the years, it dawned on me that, well, really, truth was not so much as a set of ideas, but truth was a person. Mm-hmm. And that, that really uh, helped me so much and gave me excitement about encountering His universe because He was behind it all and in it all. I am the way, the truth, and the life became mm-hmm. a very meaningful phrase. <laughs> yes, it? truly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that, that in Paul's reflection on him in the book of Colossians, he is seen as the one that holds it all together. Mm. And there's something very special about that, I think. And Walter, as we, as we think about scientists and understanding how it is held together, you know, what explanatory power does science have? What explanatory power does a Christian view have? How do, how do they come together? Yeah, I, th- I think they're very complementary. I think that science helps us to see in a more, I think, poignant way God's creative majesty and his uh, uh, creative genius uh, through his created world. Uh, when people in antiquity looked at the skies, they said, well, uh, look, there's a pretty bunch of stars up there. Uh, when we look today through the Hubble telescope, we go, whoa, <laughs> you know, uh, they were only seeing the tip of a very, very big iceberg. And so what I think science does for me as a Christian, not, it not only provides creature comforts, which it does, and I very much appreciate that aspect of it, but it also gives me a very, very powerful way of seeing uh, just how great God really is in a way that I couldn't have before. And then if you go down on the microscopic scale, what we can do with uh, uh, studying things like DNA and the function of the uh, immune system in your body and so forth on a very, very molecular scale, very fine scale, we again find amazing things. There's uh, essentially the equivalent to a uh, thousand-page encyclopedia Britannica uh, stored in the cell, in every cell in my body. Uh, We can't come anywhere close to doing that kind of efficient storage, much less uh, uh, utilization uh, in our very, very fastest and best computers. And so uh, I think what science does is it, it's God's means for us to obey his first commandment. If you guys remember what that is, it's what? Right. To go out and to subdue the world and have dominion over it. Right. And be a good steward of it. Okay. Walter, and, science, and science is... A, is is uh, one of the efficacious means of doing that. Yeah, As, and you had uh, mentioned meaning, and meaning was part of the struggle I had in my uh-huh. early 30s. I was trying to get meaning from discovering truth myself mm-hmm. on my own power, yeah. and I think you had some uh, relevant things to say about meaning. Yeah, and, uh, it's funny. I, 
and a simple illustration of this, let's say I have a seven-year-old granddaughter and she comes in while she's staying at our house and uh, her name's Catherine and she says, Papa, why is the water boiling on the stove? And I say, well, Catherine, it's like this. You turn the stove on and the electrons run through the heating element and as they hit the atoms in there, they vibrate more and that's what makes them feel hot and then they cause the atoms in the uh, pan to vibrate more at the bottom and then they vibrate more on through and finally at the top and they cause the water molecules to vibrate more at the bottom and eventually that vibration uh, matriculates to the top and water molecules are popping off the top and that's why the water is boiling. And she looks very, very unimpressed. <laughs> and she says, Mimi, why is the water boiling? And my wife says, because we're making coffee. And she says, oh, good. <laughs> you know, uh, Those are two very, they're both absolutely true, right? My scientific explanation was absolutely true. But for her purposes, it was also absolutely irrelevant <laughs> because it didn't explain the purpose. It didn't explain the why. And I think a lot of times what science does very well is it explains the how and the what, but it doesn't tell us very much about the why. Uh, it doesn't tell us about uh, what can we do with this. I think of, for example, atomic energy. And atomic energy is a great invention that can be used either for tremendous good or for tremendous bad. And science doesn't tell us which way it should be properly used. So mm -hmm. I think science is a very, very powerful way of knowing in its domain, but there are other domains that have to do with, with things like meaning and purpose and love and beauty and so forth. And science doesn't tell us anything about that. Right. Yeah. And you so I, I found uh, that experientially in my yeah. early 30s. Yeah. But, and then so the, I guess the question just uh, poses itself is what do we do about it? Where, where do we get meaning? Sure. Yeah. Well, one of, one of the things that's unique about the Christian view of man is that we're, we see ourselves as made in the image of God. And that's a, that's a, that's a fascinating concept. How do, how do we explain what the image of God is and, and how we bear it to our friends who either are or aren't Christians? You know, what do you, you want to take a shot at that? Sam? It's, uh, it's a deep one, and uh, I guess some of the thoughts, they're not very scientific, but that have come to Judith and I over the uh, uh, weeks and uh, months uh, past is uh, to, to live more unselfconsciously by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that uh, as a scientist, I tend to look at things and try to, you know, and that just I don't even try. They're just thinking about how they work and mechanistically, and, and I tend to manage myself like that. And so, so there's a, there's an aspect of reductionism that that comes into our thinking. It's you know, wh what can I do to make my car work or whatever it may be? Right. I cannot speed up my my slow DSL speed. You know, <laughs> you know, it's more mm. it, it's just it's just mechanical as opposed to that extra dimension that comes from being made in the image of God. Right, and I, I think that uh, that's why it's so important that we graciously lead our culture to come back to the starting point of Christianity, but maybe with a renewed or a more humble uh, understanding of who we are. Uh, God's, as, as um, Walter quoted earlier, uh, first chapter of Romans uh, tells us that, that God's creation tells us important things, not detail, but important things about who he is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that as we, uh, that, 
that as we seek him further, that uh, he will uh, tell us more about who he is and our meaning can be derived from, from Christ uh, and that uh, we don't have to try to lean on things like getting our own meaning through science mm-hmm. or the intensity of loving and raising children or whatever. None of those things are a sufficient support. Uh, but Christ and the one who created us is. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Dan said, and I would add uh, just a couple of short comments that God seems to have invited us to be co-creators with him, that uh, he gives us the intelligence, not at his level, but he gives us creative powers. He's gifted us with many of the attributes of God, but not at the level <laughs> of God. Mm-hmm. And so part of the, the privilege that we have as human beings is to become co-creators. He didn't completely finish creation. He put it to a certain point, and then he's, he's allowed us to sort of follow through on that. And so we're I like stewards. the idea that we're stewards and co-creators. We're really working to sort of uh, finish some of the things that he had started to make our world as inhabitable as possible and, and protect us from the elements and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that idea. I think the other thing that comes to mind is that the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts when you look at human beings, okay? Um, we are, in some sense, a mechanical system, okay? Uh, and we have functions that are uh, electrical as in neurons. We have functions that are mechanical as in our bones and muscles and so forth. But at the end of the day, uh, there's an element that I think can't be simply captured uh, with a purely scientific approach, and that's human consciousness. And what is it that makes us wholly who we are? We are not simply robots. Uh, we have a certain capacity to choose, to love, to hate, uh, to be extraordinarily noble, to be extraordinarily horrible. Uh, there's a ghost in the machinery, yes. so to speak, as right. a, a famous British uh, neuroscientist yeah. some years ago wrote about the, the ghost in the machinery. Yeah. And and it's that that I think uh, is is beyond the reach of science because we're not purely uh, material, okay? Yeah. That there is a spiritual dimension to our existence that transcends the material, but it is embodied. We're embodied spirits. Yes. I mean, embodied, yes. yeah. yeah. We, we are spirits that are embodied, okay? <laughs> I didn't think that right, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and so I think that also then says that there's something about us that God has made that's distinctive in all of uh, nature. That you don't see other animals that have the special characteristics that God has given the gifts to mankind uh, because he wanted to have a relationship with us and so he wanted us to be the kind of created entities that could have a relationship with and fellowship with God. And I think that makes us uh, special in his sight. And then he invites us into those kind of relationships. I like Tolkien's term that uh, we're called to be sub-creators. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that works. Because I like what Dallas Willard said, you know, God made all the stuff, and then we make things from that stuff. That's right. So, you know, whatever it is that we have created, it's just a a function of what God has given us. Right. And, a, and a, a full view of, of, of the human person seems to include our desire for goodness, truth, and beauty, which, which is really mm-hmm. a description of human <clears throat> flourishing. Yes. And God made us for that. Mm-hmm. 
On the other hand, you know, we, we've done really vile things to each other. You look at ethnic cleansing in different countries, uh, racial discrimination, whatever it is. Uh, C.S. Lewis captured that well, I think, in the Chronicles of Narnia with this uh, note from Aslan talking to the, the visitors from, from Earth. And you come of the Lord Adam and Lady Eve, said Aslan, and that is both honor enough to erect the head of the poorest beggar and shame enough to bow the shoulders of the greatest <laughs> emperor on earth. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, and, and it, it's like the, the line between good and evil runs through our heart. Yeah, so it's neat. Some... So, well, I think uh, we, can, we could talk a lot about, about the human condition and who we are and how God is in the, in the process, not only of redeeming us for eternity, but of redeeming us so that we can flourish fully here on our earth. Mm-hmm. So we need, to, we need to take a brief break. Again, I invite you to visit hillcountryinstitute.org. Be in touch with us about this program. Uh, listen to the, the, the substantial amount of materials we have there on faith and art, faith and science. Wonderful speakers like Eugene Peterson and Jeremy Begbie, Andy Crouch and Steve Meyer, Walter Kaiser, even Walter Bradley and Dan Hines. So that's hillcountryinstitute.org. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. 